Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. When I was in junior high, I was assigned by my English teacher, uh, Mrs. Janet Swisher, to read uh, a number of books. And I hate to admit today that uh, instead of reading those books, I was one of those little snot-nosed kids that uh, went off to the bookstore and got my hands on Cliff's Notes. And I would read the Cliff's Notes instead of reading the, uh, the classics that were assigned to me. And it wasn't until uh, later in life that I uh, walking through, remember Barnes and Noble? Yeah, remember when remember when bookstores were a thing? Uh, I was walking through Barnes and Noble, and they had uh, like a classics section. And on that table, I got this little twinge of embarrassment and pain as I looked at all the titles and knew that I had never read that book or that book or that book. Uh, and it was all because instead of doing that when I was in junior high that I, I got the Cliffs Notes. And so what I did then, what I did, and if, if Ms. Swisher, if you're listening, uh, I, I'm sorry, first off, and second, hopefully you'll be pleased today to know that uh, I did pick up each of those copies. And I have now, finally, all these years later, uh, read the books assigned to me. Why, why am I talking about uh, middle school English? Well, uh, because on the line right now, I have a middle school English teacher. Not not Miss Swisher, not my middle school uh, teacher, but Aaron Pack, a teacher at St. Andrew's Catholic School. Miss Pack, how are you? I'm doing great. Just grading some To Kill a Mockingbird essays right now. <laughs> to Kill a Mockingbird was one of the books I didn't read. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm <laughs> I, I did pick it up later, though, when uh, when we got the, the is it Go Tell a Watchman when 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 that uh, when that came out. I feel I felt like I needed to read uh, the first one and then get uh, and then get the the follow up. Uh, well, let me ask you how, how the students doing as you read these papers. Oh, they're doing great. They're doing great. They got shockingly a lot out of the book, um, so it's impressive. And... Why I teach. <laughs> Good, 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 good. And you uh, teaching there at St. Andrews, we've been speaking uh, throughout the past number of weeks uh, almost exclusively to public school teachers. The the, the public uh, guidelines, the the mandates handed down by the governor and uh, and various, uh, you know, health jurisdictions uh, apply to the public school. But things are different in in private schools. How have you uh, been? How has your school been in uh, in responding to the coronavirus? How, How do you feel as a teacher? Oh, I feel incredibly comfortable. Um, I came from the public school system. I had te- I had taught there prior. I'm so sorry, I can't talk. I have taught there previously in Utah and Texas, and kind of comparing the two instances, uh, thinking about the coronavirus, I feel so much more comfortable now than I did, you know, back then. Even without the coronavirus, um, our classes aren't too big. We have about 12 kids average in each class. So it's easier to enforce distance. Um, we can enforce wearing face masks. So it's been pretty comfortable, honestly. Uh, and are you you're in, in class face to face with students uh, five days a week? Yes. Is there has there been an option extended to students to for remote learning? Is that something that your school has done? 
that for kids that have um, immunocompromised families or issues with that, but not the majority of them. Mostly it's been in-classroom learning. Uh, All of the kids have face shields available to them. They're in masks pretty much at all times, except during lunchtime, uh, whenever we eat outside. So, yeah, it's really comfortable. I wear PPE whenever I teach, which is strange, but what in 2020 isn't strange right now. Yeah, right. Um, (laughs) How expensive expensive is your PPE? Is it uh, it beyond just a mask? What do you wear? Yeah, I've got a mask. I've got a face shield. I've got gloves if I want them. I don't normally wear the gloves. But, yeah, we've got sanitizing stations at every entrance. Every classroom has those. Uh, Our maintenance man has been working quite a bit, sanitizing the playgrounds and the door handles pretty much all day. So it's been a lot of work, and I think a lot of work on the part of not just maintenance but teachers and admin, too. Um, Parents and students have been amazing. We've all been able to make it work. Has there been anything unexpected? It's uh, it's been a long lead up to to this moment, and so you try to make uh, preparations to deal with and address any contingency. Has anything surprised you and the rest of the staff as you've uh, embarked in the school year? Honestly, just how adaptable the kids have been. Kids are resilient, and I think we forget about that. You give them a challenge, and you're kind of anxious that they won't go with it because it's different. But then they just run with it, and they embrace it, and they accept it. And they're writing their name on their face shields and pretty fonts mm. and bedazzling headbands and stuff. So, you know, kids will embrace that, I think, if they're given the appropriate boundaries. And I think that if you've got strong leadership in the classroom, you can definitely make stuff happen. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasant surprise, but a surprise nonetheless. That's outstanding. Uh, okay, final question. And it gets back to what you told me as we commenced our conversation. You're there grading uh, uh, to, to to kill a mockingbird essays. What was the what was the prompt? What was the question uh, to to get the students going on their essay? Oh yeah, thank you so much. It's a great English teacher question to ask. I appreciate you. Um, the question was, how can we relate to kill a mockingbird to current events today? Wow. Wow, uh, remarkable. Give, give us a taste of what the, how the students are responding. Yeah, they're just talking a lot about protests, about the uncertainty of coronavirus even. They're relating it back to a lot of stuff in the news today. It's impressive. These are eighth graders, and they're doing fantastic. Well, that's great. Uh, well, listen, Ms. Pack, I am grateful to you for uh, the service you render those students. Uh, I'm not sure if you've uh, heard the program before, but I often talk about my own mother, who is a teacher, a middle school teacher herself. Uh, some of my closest friends are teachers. I have extended family uh, in the classroom, and some of those I look to in my own life as some of the heroes who have taught me some great life lessons, all of them teachers. And so uh, anyone who makes a decision, the selfless decision to uh, to step up and be a teacher, I am a great admirer of yourself now included. So, Ms. Pack, uh, thank you for your service. And uh, sorry to keep you from the, from the grading of essays and from your students there at St. Andrews. <laughs> oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break right now. When we return, uh, we're going to – now I need to go back and read To Kill a Mockingbird again. And I want to uh, I want to try to write my own essay now. How, how can we relate uh, today's current events to uh, To Kill a Mockingbird? Sometimes I get excited. I'd like to go back to junior high and see how I do. 
All right, we're going to continue uh, our look at how schools are, are doing. We're speaking next uh, with an Alta High School senior, Emily Erickson. Uh, she's won herself some awards, and she has some advice for other students. We'll speak with Miss Erickson next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.